Welcome to The Point Podcast. At The Point, we point high school students to Jesus because we believe that Jesus is better than anything else that this world has to offer. We hope that this podcast is an encouragement to you in your walk with Christ, but that it does not replace the time you're already spending with the Lord. Thanks so much for listening, and here's our awesome high school youth pastor, my husband, Justin Kinley. So as we get to Acts chapter 9, this is not a passage uh, for us to go quickly over because this is the introduction. Um, I say the introduction. We've seen his name uh, in the last two chapters, but but this is a man who really gets his full introduction here to the New Testament, and it's a man named Saul. And now we've already seen Saul kind of briefly mentioned. If you remember um, when Stephen was being stoned, it said that there was a man named Saul who held the cloaks of the men who were stoning Stephen. And so Saul was there. And, and we see at the beginning of Acts chapter 8 that, that Saul and the church is just being persecuted or is persecuting the church like crazy. And so this man named Saul is a guy who is going, who is killing Christians, who's persecuting them, who's throwing them in prison. Um, Really a huge, huge threat to the Christian movement. I I say a threat. There's really no threats to the Christian movement, is there? I mean, Jesus is building his church. Uh, Jesus has won. He's victorious. But to the people, to the Christian people living there, um, Saul posed a threat, right? Saul was someone who could throw them in prison. Saul was someone who could maybe end their life. Um, that is who Saul is. And so let's read uh, Acts chapter 9. We're going to read verses 1 through 19 and kind of talk halfway through the middle um, just as we set up this kind of story together. So chapter 9 says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord. I love how the Bible says that. He's breathing threats. And so Saul, for, for Saul, persecution of the church was always on his mind. He's always thinking about being a deterrent to the things of, of God and what Christ is doing in his church. So it says he went to the high priest and he requested letters from him to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any men or women who belonged to the way, he might bring them as prisoners to Jerusalem. And as he traveled, he was nearing Damascus. A light from heaven suddenly flashed around him. Falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus, the one who you are persecuting, he replied, but get up And go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the sound, but seeing no one. And then Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they took him by the hand, and they led him to Damascus. He was unable to see for three days, and he did not eat or drink. So so I think it's funny here, just just something I'm kind of... um kind of being reminded of as I read Acts, is that the persecution that the early Christians faced is coming from the Jewish people, right? It's not coming. I mean, there's obviously persecution from Rome, and that's happening too, but persecution for them is happening on both sides. I mean, Saul is going to the high priest to get letters to go into the synagogues and rip out Christians, right? That's where he's getting the authorization to do that from, and yet on his way, Jesus intervenes in his life. And now, as we just stop in verse 9, it's pretty remarkable for a second for Saul because I mean think about this if I'm persecuting Jesus and all of a sudden Jesus shows up to me in this way you know what I'm thinking I'm thinking that Jesus is going to end my life right because Saul has murdered Christians he's thrown them in prison he's persecuted them Saul has to be thinking that he has met the end of his days here because the one whom he's persecuting is now showing up and, and Saul probably thinks that he's done for but yet that's not what we see in Saul's life is that Jesus intervenes in Saul's life he reveals himself to Saul and then he gives him something to do he gives him somewhere to go so let's see what happens in verses 10 through 19 it says there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias and the Lord said to him in a vision Ananias Here I am, Lord, he said. 
Get up and go to the street called Straight, the Lord said to him, to the house of Judas and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, since he is praying there. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming and placing his hands on him so he can regain his sight. And I love Ananias' answer. Verse 13, Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard from many people about this man, how much harm he's done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has authority here from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. Ananias is like, God, you crazy, man. Right? Like, like Saul kills us. Saul, Saul throws us in prison. Saul is awful. God, do you really want me to go to him? And now this is interesting because if you remember at the end of Acts chapter 8, yesterday's episode, we talked about how receptive you are to the Holy Spirit. That you have Philip who is so receptive to the Holy Spirit. He says, go. And Philip goes. The Holy Spirit says, go to this chariot. And he goes to that chariot. Well, here Ananias has a has an opportunity to be receptive to the Holy Spirit again. Even though it doesn't make sense, he has an opportunity to be receptive. And so look at what the Lord says to him in verse 15. He says, Go, for this man is my chosen instrument to take my name to the Gentiles, the kings, and Israelites, and I will show him how much he must suffer but for my name. So is Ananias going to go or is he not? Look at verse 17. So Ananias left and he entered the house. And then he placed his hands on him, on Paul, or on Saul, excuse me. And said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road you were traveling has sent me so that you can regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And at once, something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. And then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. And so this is Saul's conversion moment. He's going to kill Christians and yet Jesus meets him and Saul is baptized and the Lord literally changes his life. And what's amazing here is that Jesus does not kill the one who's persecuting him. Jesus doesn't just end Saul's life here. Jesus intervenes in his life, gives Saul a chance to respond to the gospel. And when Saul does... And the transformation that it's going to make in his life is unbelievable. And, and let me just ask you, you say, why would Jesus use Saul and not destroy Saul? Like, that would make sense in my head, right? That would make sense. But, but what better person is there going to be than to proclaim the life-changing gospel of Jesus? What, what better person than someone who, who was once persecuting the church but is now preaching to the church? What, what better person is there to be than someone who once was killing Christians but now is trying to create as many Christians as he possibly can? Man, it, the, the life-changing gospel of Jesus is just that. It is life-changing. And what we're going to see from here on out in the book of Acts is this man named Saul, who's later going to become Paul, plays such a major role in, in the movement of the early church, in the theology formation, in the theological formation of the early church. He's about to play a major, major role, and it's going to be so cool to see how God and how the Holy Spirit takes someone who once was killing Christians and who once was trying to destroy the church, but now the Holy Spirit is going to use Saul to build the church. And so it's going to be so cool to see that transformation in Saul's life. Thanks so much for listening. The Point is a ministry of First Baptist Church Indian Trail for high school students. We offer life groups every Sunday morning at 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock and we meet on Wednesday nights at 6.15. For more information, you can go to our church's website at fbcit.org.